What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, and welcome to the Gardening Canada podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, and today we're going to be talking about how to choose what garden soil is best for you. Hello, plant people. How are you guys doing today? If you're new to this podcast, my name's Ashley and I'm a soil scientist. I like to take that science and apply it to all things plants. And today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how to choose what garden soil is best for you. Now, this is going to include some soil scientist tips, but it's also going to um, involve some personal experience as well. So in the past, I have gotten garden soil for some of my raised beds. If you watch me on YouTube or if you visit the Instagram, you kind of know the raised beds that I'm dealing with. I also use these to fill some in-ground beds I did have because I did have some heavy clay in some areas and I got a sandy loam type garden soil to help loosen that up and incorporate that into perennial beds as well as some in-ground vegetable beds. But one thing I did notice with my raised beds is that the texture was much too porous. And so over the years, I've had to do some amending to it to help increase the water holding capacity in hopes of not having to water nearly as often as what I do. So this soil that I got was from a local uh, supplier in Saskatoon. I didn't go previous to receiving the soil to go check it out. I just ordered their garden soil because I thought or assumed they'd know exactly what is needed because they do this all the time. Well, they gave me like a sandy loam essentially, but it's worked. I've had to build it up over the years. So if you end up in a situation where you have a sandy loam, then you may want to consider adding compost um, or potentially some heavier material into it. So in my case, with my sandy loam soil, I decided over the years to add various different forms of organic material, ranging from manure, compost, and even peat moss bales um, in some cases. And I last year started using some grass clippings, which did enormous wonders for the soil, its water holding capacity, and just reducing the amount that I need to water. Now, two of these beds are on what I would call interlocking brick um, for some. It would just be like a paved cobblestone type driveway area. And on that, I have two very large raised beds where I do plant quite a few tomatoes. And that's one that has that sandier soil. So over the years, in the top half of it, I have mixed these organic amendments in and then planted into these areas. I have one that's on the left-hand side. If you're watching on YouTube, it's going to be on the left. That always is grown conventionally. And then on the right-hand side, I have what is I consider my organic tomato bed. So each one of these get tomatoes applied to them every single year. Yes, I do not rotate, but it's kind of like an ongoing experiment that I'm running as well as it's literally 
the only area in my yard that gets enough sun to even warrant this. So that's kind of the reason for why. Now, I do find that it being on top of brick tends to make that soil warm up a little bit quicker, which ultimately can increase the rates of evaporation, which again is not working in my favor considering I have the sandier soil. So the one that I've been treating organically, I've been using things like humic acids, I've been using uh, compost manures, grass clippings, um, everything organic. And with that, I have noticed a higher level of water holding capacity. And actually to put this into perspective, this year when I was transplanting my tomatoes into these two beds, the one that is organic on the right hand side was much more moist. So when I dug into the soil, the top portions of that soil profile tend to have more moisture than that of the conventional bed. Now, given the organic bed is in slightly more shaded area than that of the conventional, maybe a slight factor in this, but overall, I do find the water holding capacity to be a little bit higher. Now, one thing I will say is that the weeds are also much higher in this area because of the very thick level of mulch on top of this soil that I do remove every year. But nonetheless, I live in an older neighborhood with a ton of very old trees, all of which that like to procreate and unfortunately procreate in my gardens. So that is something to keep in mind. Now, what I can say is that despite the fact that I have that sandier soil there that I purchased in bulk, I am able to reclaim that and get it to work for me. On the conventional side of the garden, I'm using things like granular fertilizers and then obviously liquid fertilizers, things of that nature. Um, I'm not necessarily incorporating compost or manures, but I'm not opposed to it either. So if it's in the budget, I won't shy away from it. And I'm treating it kind of like an organic um, conventional hybrid, which is actually my preferred method of gardening. And I do believe sometimes that the answer is somewhere in between. And by in between, I mean somewhere between organic and conventional. I, I do believe that the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle. So with that bed, I also do use mulch. And again, I used the grass clippings last year. This year I'm using wood mulch on everything, it's specifically pine. But I don't know, grass clippings are my favorite so far. I'm finding really good results with them. And I'm going to miss them this year. Um, unfortunately, I'm not using them. It's for more visual appearances on YouTube. I want things to look neat and tidy. Grass clippings can look a little on the messy side, but effectiveness wise, hands down my favorite. So with that being said, if we move throughout my garden, I have this sandy soil just kind of all over, perennial beds, you name it. And if it's on top of soil, I don't see as much issue wise, but again, I'm incorporating lots of organic materials um, in different forms, such as compost manures and compost, etc., and so forth. Now, what I did get was a sponsorship with a local, uh, or not even local, but a Canada-wide company called Less Mass. And now this podcast episode, by no means is sponsored to the, by them, they never asked me to do this. But one thing I will say uh, is it did trigger the episode idea for this podcast, because when I got their soil 
And I started actually putting it and playing and working on the video and some blog posting stuff I'm doing for them. I did see quite a notable difference in quality. So the less mess product I have, which I will leave a discount code um, for when it comes out over on my Instagram and YouTube, because there is one for $10 off if anyone is in, you know, the realm of purchasing mulch, rock, um, colored or regular mulch, and then also... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, garden soil, these guys have it. So their premium garden blend um, is a beautiful uh, color and it is very nicely sifted. So there's no big twigs or rocks or anything like that. And it's very uniform in shape and size and the color, the color, the smell, everything. Um, it is a very well blended soil and it has, you know, ideal levels of organic material and ideal levels of sand, silt and clay all mixed in to make a beautiful loam. And fun fact, I was filling up a raised bed and some new ones that I am installing. And in the one, I had some of my old soil in it. And when I was pouring in the less mess soil, I noticed a pretty drastic color change. So my old soil is a dark kind of gray. And the new stuff that I'm getting is almost like a chocolate brown. And so if we look at the Munsell uh, color scale for organic material, we know that color is a great indicator of soil health. And so soil scientists use this all the time. And that's what brings me into what you should be looking for if you're looking to buy soil in bulk. So I encourage you whenever possible to go with a company that has a good reputation like Less Mess or to actually physically go check out where that soil's from. Locally sourced soil is incredibly important because locally sourced soil is going to have the microbes that can survive and thrive in your environment going to be specifically engineered to exactly what you need. It's also going to reduce the chance of bringing in invasive species, which is always an issue. And it also is going to lessen the chances of bringing something in that's filled with weed seeds, which is never ideal. I've done compost in the past that's full of weed seeds. What a freaking nightmare. So in order to avoid that, you always want to go with a, something with a good reputation. And with this premium garden blend, one of the things I noticed was the chocolate brown color, the really healthy, earthy smell. It didn't smell swampy and it didn't smell like just dust. You want earth smell. 
in that soil. And when you look at it, you want to see uniformity. So you don't want to see things like chunks of rock or bark or anything like that, because that means they haven't sifted it, meaning it's not equally uh, dispersed organic materials to the sand silt clay. It's not equally distributed. And so you want to watch out for that as well. Um, and in the case of less mess, you can definitely tell that it's about a five to 10% organic material, which is ideal and perfect. Um, and it's nice and loose. And honestly, I'm super excited to see what the water holding capacity on this bad boy is going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be nice and high, which is going to reduce the amount I need to water and how often I need to water. So that is one thing you definitely want to keep in mind. And because of that, I am going to be using this soil in some areas that I deem very warm. And so one of which is my front perennial bed, which is attached directly to another cobblestone brick area. And it's south facing and gets a ton of sun. I'm talking this front bed fries. I have some aliens up there, some globe master alien, beautiful plant, but she gets roasted year after year. And this year, once it's done flowering, I'm thinking of moving those bulbs because where it is right now, it's much too warm for this plant to survive. So with that being said, um, anytime you get one of these soils, you want to make sure that you keep them covered. So if you know that there's some sort of a rain moving through the area, snow, uh, heaven forbid that happens anymore at this point in the year, but anything of that nature that can cause moisture, you want to try to cover it. With the less mess bag, um, they have like a drawstring top, but if you don't have access to that, then using a tarp with brick, anything to try to keep that soil from getting too moist. One thing that happens is when we move or if we fill beds with moist soil or wet soil, we tend to get um, compaction that happens pretty quickly. And this is because the soil porosity tends to shrink and is completely reserved by water. So if you think of spaghetti noodles um, that are dry, you can see in between the spaghetti noodles, you can see how they rigidly stack up on top of each other and how um, they will take up, you know, a certain amount of space. If we were to wet those noodles, you can quickly see how they will go together and water can be the main factor in there with very little airspace. So soil is very similar in the sense that it will compact incredibly easily when wet. So try to keep that soil dry whenever placing it into those garden beds. And another thing to keep in mind with any sort of raised bed, if you're doing like a hugoculture method or anything like that, you want to try to compact it as much as possible while doing the bed filling process. The reason for this is that soil over time is just going to naturally compact as it settles. And one of the first things everyone realizes when making a raised bed is that the second year you have to plan to purchase more soil because your beds will go down. Now you can reduce the amount that they shrink or they compact by compacting some things on your own via walking or stomping on the actual bed itself in hopes of doing some of that compaction for you. But again, the looser the material, the worse this is going to be. So whenever possible, whether it be leaves or logs or whatever the case is, try to compact that as um, as much as you can, whether that be with your feet or even better yet, some sort of a compaction bar, which would basically be a, a two by four that you would stomp up and down on to try to level that out. 
But like I said, when you're looking for any sort of in-bed, um, in-ground, raised bed, garden soil, you want to stay away from anything that's on the sandier side. You actually want some relatively high water holding capacity, and this can be done through having a solid loam garden soil. And whenever possible, organic material in the range of 5 to 10% is always ideal. You want to look for that color and look for dark browns over something that's gray because this is a signifier for that organic material and ultimately nutrient and microbial activity. Whenever you are choosing any sort of soil, you want to make sure it's locally sourced and that you can cover it or have a means in which to cover it over the few days that it may take you to get the soil into its position before the rain hits. And this is all in hopes of reducing potential compaction in a negative way um, from taking place and holding space for the air that needs to penetrate into that soil porosity. But keep in mind, soil compaction in general is very normal, especially here in Canada, where we get really heavy snowfalls where it will compact over time. So always be prepared the next year as things settle out to maybe potentially have to purchase more soil to help fill in the gaps. But other than that, that's all I have for today's episode um, on garden soil. I hope you guys enjoyed it and have an awesome weekend. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.